Hello and welcome to Inspired Mind Podcast. As you connect with our content, we hope that you'll be inspired to grow and develop a better you. Please be encouraged to share this with others. Happy growing. Mark 12, we're going to look at Mark 12, verse 30. Now let me give you, let me give you, let me back up a little bit before I read that scripture. Now, there were this bunch of religious scholars and lawyers, you know, who all their lives they've been taught and trained to uphold the law of Moses, uh, which is uh, like I learned from theology school that is over 600. You know, most of you always think that the commandment is 12. Um, That was the two slaves that Moses had, but the law that these people were subjected to, to, you know, to uphold or to, to obey was over 600. And so the scholars came to Jesus and said, okay, um, dude, you said you are the prophet, you are the one who has been sitting by the Lord, you know it all. Can you just tell us, because this is so much, just too much to obey. Can you tell us in summary what we can focus on? What can we, what is the best, what's the greatest? Can you just look for the best of this old laws and just tell us so we can just obey that one single law and jesus this is the response in mark 12 verse 30 he said love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength with everything you have love the lord and he went further the second is this love your neighbor as yourself there is no commandment greater than this. Now, there's something that I want to bring our attention to there. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. So there are three stakeholders in that commandment. One is God. One is neighbor. One is yourself. And that's one of the reasons why we are going to be looking at a very, very important teaching today. And um, which we titled, amen, which we titled, love self, but not love out of self. You know, there is need to love yourself. I mean, this is, I don't know how many of you can remember the last time you went to church and, you know, the pastor was preaching about you loving yourself. It hardly, it, it hardly happens, right? But I want to take you to a scripture which um, has become one of the contradictions that we have had in a very long time as believers. Um, let's look at 2 Timothy. We're going to look at 2 Timothy um, chapter 3. And I'm going to read from 1 to 5. 2 Timothy. said, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. This is where the whole idea and the concept and the misunderstanding of you don't have to love yourself. Loving yourself is vain. Loving yourself is a sin. This is one of those areas where it comes from. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Are we, on, are we in that time? I can't get a witness. Are we in that time? I think we are. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of God, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, that's the generation we have now. We have people that model like representative of God. But everything about them 
does not show it. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having nothing to do with such people. Now, now one of the things that um, I had, I went into a, a discussion with a friend sometime within the week. And we're talking about how it has suddenly become so hard in this generation for people to bear fruits. Bearing fruit is almost like a thing of the hood. In other words, people right now feel, more, feel comfortable coming to church, being Christians, but nothing changes in their lives. You can't even trace any form of Christianity out of them. They still do whatever they love, love to do. They still go about their life the same way, dress anyhow they like to dress. Um, that doesn't matter. Um, you know, we get carried away with the whole concept of the fact that, oh, what God is looking for is our heart. Yes, that's so correct. As a matter of fact, our heart is the best thing that we bring to church. We say that at Ignite. But as God begins to walk in your heart, as Christians, our agenda is to live from the inside out. Christianity is about living from the inside out. If your heart is really with the Lord, if your heart is really right with God, it will begin to reflect on your inside. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Praise the Lord. So, the, so we're going to be looking at that teaching today is love self but not love out of self. See, that scripture in 2 Timothy has been a big deal in the body of Christ. You know, it has um, kind of affected how we view healthy self-love versus unhealthy self-love. Some people just um, don't love themselves enough while some extremely overvalue themselves. What we are doing as believers is to find a balance and how God expects this to affect our lives. So today's sermon brings us to the me moment. I'm going to be talking about you. I'm going to be talking about myself. It's about us today. That's what we're going to look at today. Praise the Lord. I was um, having a conversation with a friend of mine. And I said, if I had control over death, if I had control over death, I'm going to be alive for a long time. I mean, I would just throw away. If I have the key that can unlock you from not dying, come on now. How many of you know that I'll be very, I'm very nice to myself? I will throw away that key and I will live for a very long time. And he didn't get, he didn't, he didn't understand exactly where I was going. And I, I said, you know, let me explain to you. See, all my life, one of the things that I've always stayed conscious of is anything that threats to my life. You know, I just feel that if I have control over my life, if I can determine or I can decide if I'm going to live long, if I can decide if I'm going to excel in life, if I can decide for myself if I'm going to be anything, if I have control over my life, because one of the problems that most of us have is that we never consider ourselves to have control. Especially in church where we, we are being trained to believe that it's not about you. If God wants you to perish, you will perish no matter what you do. I've been into that, oh, destiny is written and nothing can change your destiny um, conversation for a long time. But it's very, very unscriptural and we have, we, have, we have dealt with it over and over again. You know, so I was telling my friend, I said, if I have control over my life, I'm going to live, I'm going to be around for a long time. The reason why I don't do a lot of things that, you know, I could be doing. The moment you tell me this is dangerous, I run from it. Even as a, as a minister, as, as, 
I'm a person of faith, there are certain lifestyles that I intentionally avoid because of how much it's going to kill me spiritually. Now, what am I saying here? I'm talking about how I love myself. I'm talking about the fact that I do love myself. And I know you do. So that's one of the things that we're going to look at today. I look at my, any value, any investment that I put, any investment you put on yourself, it's because of the consciousness of your worth as a person. The reason why I try to stay away from anything that will mess up my mind is because of love for self. Can you just imagine if we all can just come to turn with understanding the importance of who we are and how much we need to learn and to start loving ourselves? I love myself so much that when people put all sorts of things in their body, when I was in college, when friends would gather and smoke, everything smokeable. They, they, I mean, they cannot almost smoke just anything. These days, you have so many names for it. Hookah, cookah, all of them. I don't go near those thoughts because I love myself. Somebody will say, why don't you do this? Why don't you smoke cigarettes? I said, don't you read what they say? Even though those words are tiny, they say it can kill you. I don't want to die. I love myself. Can you imagine if we start loving ourselves and get off this, you know, misunderstood gospel of don't, be, don't love yourself. Don't be lover of self. That's what the Bible says. You can love yourself and not be a, a lover of yourself. Love of yourself is being obsessed with yourself. That yourself matters than anything else. But you will never treat yourself right until you love yourself. I hope that somebody's mind will be transformed today in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So the question we're going to ask if we must um, take a good teaching today, let's start with the question, why is loving others connected to how we love ourselves? Why is it connected? Why does the book of Mark, why does Jesus say that you should love your neighbor as yourself? In other words, how you treat yourself is how you will treat your neighbor. Most times, like we always say, hurting people hurt people. You see, people that do not feel good about themselves, it's difficult to make other people feel good because you can't really give what you don't have. Loving ourselves makes us lovable. And when we are lovable, other people will connect to love us. So that's the question we're asking today. Why is loving others connected? Why did Jesus emphasize on that? Praise the Lord. Amen. One of the things um, that I love about God, and we have come to learn about God, is that you see, when God shares his love with us, it's not because we are deserving. It's not because we are good. God gives us love because God is love. God has nothing else to give. So every time you say that God loves me, that's, God is just giving himself to us. And we're made in the image of God. If we find ourselves and we identify ourselves and we see ourselves as love, that's what we give to other people. 
That's why it is important. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that how you treat other people is a reflection of you? You've never thought about it. It's a reflection of you. Because let's, I mean, let's reason it out logically. If you are kind, you're going to show kindness to people. How many, how many, how many of you believe that? If you are a sweet person, if you are a very nice person, that's what you give to that. We give ourselves to people. We are a reflection of what we give to people. So if you are one of those that have been bullying people, you know, bringing discouragement to people, it's just because you are discouraged yourself. It's just because you don't feel fulfilled, you don't feel complete inside of you. You cannot love your neighbor as yourself if you have not even started loving yourself. So I want us to, you know, to begin to have a new awakening in our heart today. Every time we hurt, we hurt people. So I see people that are frustrated, people that are depressed, people that are miserable. What do they do? They share their misery with other people. They make other people misery. I mean, miserable. That's what happens. And that's why it is important that how we love and how we treat ourselves connects to how we love other people. So if we are sitting down here today and just imagine I want to be more friendly with people, I want to be more connecting with people, it starts with yourself. It starts with yourself. Amen. You know, one of the things that I notice as a leader, and um, sometimes I like to put myself in the harm's way, um, you know, I want to be vulnerable sometimes, let you know that I'm human just like you. One of the things that I do as a leader, which is some things I have to do cautiously and um, try to be a little bit careful, is that I place a lot of demands on people. And you know the reason why I place a lot of demands on people? Because I place a lot of demands on myself. You have no idea what I, the level of demand that I place on myself just to be here every Sunday to minister to you. How much I study, how much I pray, how much I fast, and how much I, you know, wait on the Holy Spirit to inspire me with the right one. I place so much demand on myself. I wish I can just walk here every Sunday and just say, well, the Spirit will just speak through me. I don't need to do anything. I would have loved it. How many of you know that pastoral job would be so sweet like that? Just come to church. I just come in and they, I'm just invited. Or I just come on by just Holy Spirit. Okay, start now. Oh, but the Holy Spirit does that work with me when we are both alone, where you guys are not present. When he's drilling me and telling me, tear that up. You are not going to say that. Go start from here. So because I place so much demands on myself, I realize that Every time I'm working with people as a leader, I place a lot of demand on them. You got to be better. You got to do good. Come on. This is not acceptable. You got to be excellent. But now a lot of people see the positive part of it because they always come back to say, thank you. You've made me grow. But a lot of people get depressed. A lot of people even run from your leadership when you do that. 
So why am I using that as an example? I'm just telling you, trying to let you know that everything you do with people starts with what you do with yourself. It's all about you. Praise the Lord. Amen. The question is, why is loving God connected to how we love ourselves? I love that scripture so much. And I, I, and I, I just want to read um, the, the later part of that scripture again so that you will see what I'm saying. Amen. He said, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And the first is that you should love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Why is that relevant to how you love yourself? The first thing is that loving God connects us to our image as children of God. You see, one of, the, one of the good things and the good benefit about loving God, one of the benefits that we have as Christians, you know, is the fact that as God, as you begin to connect to his love, really we are not the one, God initiates love with us. As we begin to connect to God's love, God's love gives us a sense of what? It just gives us a kind of feeling in our heart that we, we, we serve a God that loves us so much. And that gives you a kind of peace in your heart. And that's why it's important. That's why you see that a lot of time it is easier for you to love people when you love God. That's why the scripture placed it that way. You cannot truly love people. You can't love yourself if you do not love God. I've always said it before and I'm saying it again. As a human, we have no capability to love. How many of you know that when somebody does anything wrong to you, you really want to get back at them? Come on, who is, who is like me in the house? Everybody else is saved except me. Yeah, when people hurt me, I really want to hurt them back. But the love that I feel for God, the love of God in my heart, makes it impossible. Because the spirit of the Lord tells something inside of me that says, no, 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 no. No matter how badly hurt you are, you got to love. This is what happens when you connect to God. Amen. You know, one of the things that I love to do for kids as a father, and I always tell parents, it works magic. Uh, when I, I, I lead a parenting group, and oftentimes we got to talk about parenting, because it's one of my best subjects, talking about parenting. If I have an opportunity to hang out with people talking about parenting every Sunday, I won't even come to church. I'll just be going there. My heart is very big with that. And we're just talking, and I said, one of the things that will start making your children feel good about themselves is as often as they get an affirmation from you as a parent that you love them. I just love you. I'm, I feel blessed. I feel fulfilled having you as a child. See, even if it's a, even a crazy child start hearing that every day, there will be some time that that child will be going in the path of crazy and it will whisper to his ears that how will your dad who is crazy about you, your mom who is crazy about you, live with this if you do it? I mean, when you get to that level where your children would just want to do right just because of how they feel about your emotion, 
you are right there on your way to good parenting, guys. Even as wonderful as Jesus was, he could still do with some affirmation from God. This is my beloved son to with woman well pleased. God still affirmed him. God didn't have to do that. I don't know what that did to Jesus. Maybe that just made Jesus child. Yeah, I'm going to do this assignment big time. You know, I don't know. But there must be a reason why God found it necessary to affirm Jesus for the good of Jesus and for those that are listening around him. It's good. Especially sometimes when you do it in the open. You know, I'm from a part of the world where I knew, I know that my, my parents, I mean, my, from what my dad does and sending me to school and putting food on the table and so many things. Of course, I have no doubt that this man loves me. But those are not what we hear. You don't hear it. It's a different ballgame when you hear it. Praise the Lord. Is anybody with me here? I call it the affirmation power. If you want to love yourself, start by affirming yourself. I'm wonderfully made. I'm fearfully made. I'm a child of God. I can't be in the midst of mess. Do you know sometimes sin is degrading? How many of you know? It is. I mean, it's not like it's a different ball game if you find yourself in the midst of it. You know, everybody is tempted. Nobody is pure. Nobody is perfect. But dwelling in sin is degrading. I gave you an example of a sheep and a pig going into the mud. Let's even say it was by accident. They both found themselves in the mud. What happens to the pig? The pig is spinning in the mud and singing, probably singing Lonerucci or something. Celebrating so hard. But what happens to the sheep? The sheep is struggling and shouting. This is not where I ought to be. This is what happens to you when you begin to look well at yourself and begin to see yourself as special. I see, I've seen people read the banner for sin, for iniquity. They're happy. This is how I want to live my life. This is who I am. This is how I feel. If you love yourself, if you see the image of God inside of you, there are certain things that will be unacceptable to you. You don't even need anybody to say it. Because we're talking about the issue of judgment. Now judgment has been redefined. Judgment is for you to simply tell me that I'm doing something that I ought not to be doing. You've judged me. I hope we'll talk about judgment someday so that we'll know exactly what it means. May the Lord bless us in Jesus' name. Why is loving God connected to how we love ourselves? We said God places it on us as a demand. It's one of the reasons. You know, God says that you should love your neighbor as yourself. So if you must love your neighbor, God is telling you to start with yourself. It's a commandment. You know, there's this thing called fluidity of inferiority. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't um, intend to be too grammatic or I don't intend to throw you or lose you in, in grammar. Fluidity of inferiority is, is and with all due respect, is, is mostly common with um, women. I mean, men, a lot of men suffer it too, but it's common with women. And what happens with that fluidity of inferiority is that um, a lot of people feel very good about themselves in the minute, and the next minute they feel worthless. 
the psychological problem that is common with people. You know, they, they spend that quality time in front of the mirror. They love what they see. They are happy. They feel good. But in another minute, they are depressed. They feel a sense of worthlessness in their life. You see, when you find yourself in such situation, it's difficult for you to love others. Let me look at two extremes and negative cases of self-evaluation. The first is over, overvaluing self. Um, let's look at Romans 12.3, if uh, media can project that for me. And, on, and Genesis, uh, we're also going to look at Genesis um, 1.27. Romans 12.3 says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Be honest. It did not say you shouldn't evaluate self. It said be honest in the evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given unto us. So every, every time you see somebody who overvalue themselves, they are, they, are, they are people that have not been sincere about the true nature of who they are in Christ. They think they don't need anybody. They think they have everything. They are the smartest. They are the best. That's not what we are talking about here. When we are talking about the, con the concept of loving self. People that overvalue self, they become self-lovers. They are obsessed with self. That's a negative evaluation of yourself. It's not right. And there's another set of people entirely. It's almost like we say in politics, extreme right, extreme left. Another set of people are the ones that undervalue self. How many of you know someone who undervalues you know, sense of worthlessness. Sometimes it's false humility. You see, somebody, um, Rick Warren, um, whom I respect very much, once said that humility is not uh, looking less at yourself. Humility is looking at yourself less. So it's not looking less at yourself. It's not making, it's not seeing yourself like you don't want anything. It's Reducing the amount of time you look at yourself, that's, that's humility. Don't put the spotlight on you alone. And one of the things that is humbling about us, even when you are evaluating self, is the fact that you are incomplete without Jesus. Amen. Is somebody following this teaching? Praise the Lord. All right, let's quickly look at, for the little time we got left, let's quickly look at the implication of poor self-love. Now, if you're here and you're just thinking that, you know, I don't really need to love myself, what are the implications? Most of the people, by, from research and, you know, findings, most of the people that do not love themselves, one of the number one problems that they suffer is approval-seeking. You see, if you have not approved of yourself, you will look for someone to approve you. If you have not affirmed yourself, I, love, I learned something from my son a long time ago. And I started saying it myself, unconsciously. When you tell him, Man, you are such a smart guy, he will say, I know. <laughs> that sounds like, that's like you're a proud boy. You know, if I say, you know what, you... It's just this cool about you. You're such an amazing kid. I'm sure that other kids would be crazy to be like you. He said, yeah, dad, I know. I know. You know? So, 
I just learned from the little boy. Don't wonder Jesus said we should learn from little children. So I learned from the little boy. When sometimes when people offend me, I'll say, Yeah, I know. You have to first affirm yourself. Now, the only reason why that kid can say, I know, is because that kid has affirmed himself. Now, if he has no clue about who he is in the Lord, if he doesn't feel that God has gifted him to be intelligent, to be smart, he will be looking for the next person that can just tell him. Is anybody home? Can somebody just tell me I'm smart? Can somebody just help me to know that I'm beautiful? Can somebody just tell me that I'm a child of God? Can somebody affirm me? You just go about seeking approval from people. And the last time you did, what happened? Anybody home? Is there, is there approval available out there? Oh, no, if you want to know if the approval is available, go to social media now. People are killing each other every day with words. Meanness is on the rise. In a world that is so mean right now that everybody is so critical and everybody is attacking everybody, you can never be fulfilled until you learn that the first primary or principal person responsible for self is self. If the Bible has told you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, if Jesus has said, you are so valuable, I came to die for you. Then what else do you need than to begin to tell yourself the same? Approval seeking is number one. Praise the Lord. You know, approval seeking, I always, when I think about the story of Eve and the Garden of Eden, I think Eve was just an approval seeker, probably, who wanted to feel better than she really is. Because the, the devil said, why will you not? He said, no. He said, the Lord said, if we do it, we'll no, the devil said, no. The devil said, no, that's not the case. The fact is that if you eat that fruit, you will become like him. But I thought Eve should have said, oh, I'm already like him. I was made in his image. You don't have to tell me. I don't have to eat the fruit to confirm. was the error of Eve. Implication of poor self-love. When you do not love yourself enough, what happens? You become vulnerable to manipulators. That's when a guy will tell you, I'm sorry guys, I don't mean to hurt you guys. But I'm just saying it because it's common. I mean, we're guys. We've all been there. That's when a guy will tell you that I need to have sex with you before marriage because I need to show you that I love you. You become victim of manipulation. When you do not love yourself enough, I love the way my wife said it last week. He said, when a guy says to you, if it's a guy says to you that I have to have this with you even though we're not married because that's how I can show you my love. So the guy really loves you, will wait. It makes you vulnerable. Because you are desperate. When you're vulnerable, you're desperate. You need somebody to show you that they love you. You are seeking love by all means. You become vulnerable. You, manipulators will be looking for how to prey on you. This is one of the things that puts you in the harm way. 
implication of poor self-love also is the fact that the way you feel will affect the way you make other people feel. That's why I said hurting people hurt people. That's what happens. A very angry parent. One of the greatest errors of parenting is parenting in anger. Many of you know some parents just are just hungry. How many of you know some parents that are just hungry? Stand there. The child is standing. What are you standing there for? They are just hungry parents. They're just hungry. So, they, so because they are hungry, they transfer it. And they always turn out to be very poor parents. So every time I always try to see that in every, every way and everywhere we go, we need to understand that what we give to people is who we are. That's why Jesus wants you to be a better person. That's why you come to Jesus the way you are, but you don't remain the same. Because Jesus needs to transform you for the great assignment. That's why we reflect Jesus. That's why we are the light of the world. It's who we are. It's who we are. Praise the Lord. Let me quickly run through some of the ways. If you are taking notes, you can begin to take this with me. Ways to love yourself. Every, every one of us is wondering, okay, how do, I take it away? how do I take it away from here? I want to live here today beginning to do the right thing to myself. Remember I told you, you don't have to overvalue yourself. Neither do you have to undervalue yourself to exist in self-love. And you should not be loved out of self. But you still need to love yourself. It's scriptural, guys. So I just want to encourage you today, ways to love yourself. Number one is to find your identity in Christ. It's the biggest gain of faith. Let me tell you, you begin to feel good about yourself the day you connect with Jesus. The same affirmation, the same um, uh, praise that you are looking for in other people, Jesus is giving it to you every day. How many of you know that there's words, there are words of affirmation every day you open your Bible? I am your God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What are you looking for? There is no better way to love me. I feel good. It's just like when you tell your kids every day, I love you, even though you just got, you know, them punished for something that they did wrong. Because love comes with discipline. I have never been part of that kind of parenting where you just love. Because the Bible said, he whom the Lord loves, he chastises. So it's a good part of it. A parent that is continuously affirming their children, affirming your daughter, affirming your son. I've told my daughter enough I love you that I don't even know the challenge that a guy will have to convince her about love. You got to work very hard. I mean, a guy that will deceive my daughter with love must have worked far harder than I did. Every day I'm hugging her. Every day I'm lifting her. I love you. I'm t and uh, my daughter's pet name is beautiful. So see her outside and say you are beautiful and you think because of that she'll follow you home. She hears it every day. She knows she's beautiful. She feels beautiful. 
this is what the Bible does to you every day. The Bible offends you. Nothing offends you like the Bible. God is always telling you every day how much you mean to him. He's always putting a value on you. You are worth more. Don't lose your life this way. Don't go this way. You are worth more than wasting out in a nightclub or wasting out in somewhere where, you know, the, the, the totality of what the Lord wants for you is, is wasted. You are worth more than being ruined by pornography and being ruined by things that cannot give you good life. Find your identity in Christ. Number two, have a knowledge of self. How many of you know that loving God starts with knowing God? You can't love God that you don't know. A lot of unbelievers out there, they know God. I mean, they have heard about God, but they do not know God because they do not have the knowledge. How many of you know that as you begin to connect with the word of God and as you begin to see the joy in serving him, you begin to love him more. So if loving God more starts with knowing him, loving yourself more starts with knowing yourself. Knowing who you are, knowing your potentials. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you have ever sat down to take an evaluation of what a blessing you have to this world? If you sit down and take just one to ten and just write, or even five, five reasons why the world is blessed to have me. How many of you have ever thought about that? Five reasons why the world is blessed to have me. Because I make people laugh. I make people feel secure. I lift people up. I'm, a, I'm an encourager. I make people feel better. Have one of our, our daddies here in the house who every Sunday, him and his family, they go to, um, they go to hospice. They go to um, care homes and, and, and show love to people. Every day he wakes up, the heaven rejoices because somebody's going to be loved that way because of him. Somebody said jokingly that you should get to a level in your life when you wake up in the morning, the devil should say, damn it, it's alive again. Because, because you're alive, somebody's going to be happy. Somebody's going to be lifted. That is value in self. Ways to love self. Find your identity in Christ. Have a knowledge of self. Accept yourself. Don't live in denial. If there's something that needs to be fixed in you, fix it. Accepting yourself does not mean that if I'm a mess, I want to stay like a, I want to stay as a mess. No. Accepting yourself is knowing that I'm a mess. I need help. It's like honing up to my sickness. I feel that I have fluid and I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm, I have cough or I have some kind of um, ailments or some diagnosis. I'm honing it. I'm accepting it. And I want to go seek help. That's how to accept yourself. You don't accept yourself by, by just living the way you find yourself. That's not Jesus is talking about. See value in yourself. Until you see value in yourself, you cannot add value on yourself. When I found myself becoming a leader of, of, of young leaders and adults and everyone, I began to get myself more equipped so that I can give more if I have more. 
until you find value in yourself, you cannot add value to yourself. If you see yourself, you look at your life and you look at how much you are worth to Jesus that he had to die for you and how much beauty that the Lord had deposited in your life, you begin to go about taking and protecting that life. If you see value in yourself, you will not allow the media to mess up your mind. You protect yourself. Be protective of self, guys. And lastly, I'm going to give you this and I will let us close for the day. One of the best things you can do to yourself is to lose yourself in order to gain yourself. I know this sounds like a big word. But until you lose yourself, you cannot truly gain yourself. Being full of yourself is living a life that everything that you do is just about yourself. Jesus, bless me. Have you ever seen a prayer of somebody who is all about self? Promote me. Help me. Get me a man. Get me a woman. Get me a new car. It's about self. Until you lose yourself, you cannot gain yourself. Let me tell you, Jesus lost himself in sacrifice. And 2,000 years after, we are still chasing after Jesus. Jesus lost himself to gain himself. The scripture said that until a corn falls to the head and dies, it abides alone. Give yourself. Even in marriage, as a man, give yourself. As a woman, give yourself. A woman will not submit to her husband. It's a woman that is full of self. A man that will not love his wife is a man that is obsessed with, his, with himself, with his authority. I'm the man of this house. You can't lose yourself to gain yourself. That's why it is good to serve. That's why volunteering is good. Do you know what volunteering makes people feel? Do you know how it makes people feel? It makes them feel good. That's why I see people who go to elderly homes to volunteer. Because until you begin to give yourself out, you do not find worth in yourself. I'm encouraging you on how to love yourself. The best way to love yourself is to give yourself away. Give yourself away to a good cause. Love people. Be kind to people. Be at the service of people. If you feel a little bad in your heart, wrap up something. Go to Walmart. Buy some grocery. Go to an orphanage home and drop it. You will love yourself. You're going to feel so good when you are living there. This is how we love us. This is how you love yourself. Jesus wasn't loving himself by himself. Jesus was loving the world. He was loving himself by giving himself to the world. And the world in return is responding to his love. That can be your story in Jesus' name. Let's rise on our feet. You see, selfish and self-centered people never feel good about themselves. Never. 
I'd like to look at Galatians 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20, as we close. Let's look at that scripture really quick. Galatians 2, verse 20, says, My whole self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. One of the only reasons why we can love ourselves is when we are conscious of the sacrifice that Christ made for our lives. Just the thought of it every day just warms my heart to know that I have so much value in me. Even if I can't see it, I see the sacrifice. It makes me feel good. If you've not given your life to the Lord today, I just want to encourage you that this is something that you need to do. Just ask the Lord to come into your heart. Just bow your head and just say, Father, Lord, I just want you to come. Because I know that uh, loving myself is preceded by you being my God, loving you. I just want to love you, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm submitting my heart to you, Lord. That you begin to guide and lead my life from this moment forward in the name of Jesus.